I like cute clothes. I like having stylish outfits and I hate shopping. Armoire makes getting dressed easier. Armoire is a clothing rental membership option. And Janet and I recently have both tried it out. And you guys, it is so much fun. You go to their website, you get to take a little quick style quiz, takes five minutes, and then you get presented a list of beautiful clothing, pictures, wonderful clothes that you can pick out and get delivered to your house for you to try and wear in the comfort of your own home without going out and determine what looks cute, put together outfits without investing a ton of money. Right now, our listeners can give Armoire a try and get up to 50% off your first month. That is up to $125 off. Just visit armoire.style slash envoys. That's armoire.style, A-R-M-O-I-R-E, dot style slash envoys to get 50% off your first month and never have to worry about what to wear again. Try armoire today. Hello, and welcome to On Boys, real talk about parenting, teaching, and reaching tomorrow's men, the podcast that explores and explains boy behavior. We're your co-hosts, Jennifer L.W. Fink and Janet Allison. Join us as we discuss some of the most compelling issues facing boys today. Our goal is to equip you with the information and support you need to help today's boys grow into healthy, happy men. Dear listeners, you may have noticed that we are starting to run some ads on our podcast, and Jen and I have made the decision that we want to support and promote specific products that we believe in. Running these ads helps us continue to do the work to create these podcasts to give you the support that you need. You might not realize this, but it costs us money out of pocket to make this podcast, to put it online and to share it with you, not to mention our investment of time. So this is our way to be able to continue to provide you the content that you need to grow your boys into healthy, happy men. And you can show us your support as you already do every day. We love you so much, but you can show your support for Envoys by supporting the products that we bring to you and know that we have vetted them. We won't share anything with you that we wouldn't use ourselves. Certainly you are going to make the decisions that are best for your family and what you need might not be exactly what I need. We are only going to share the products that have passed the Jen and Janet test. That's right. So support on boys and support the products that we share with you. Thanks for being our listeners. We love you. Everything about the upcoming school year feels wrong, says an article in Today. And while you may have a strong, clear opinion and decision about how school will proceed for your child this year, you may be one of the few that does. 
you may be one of the parents that just feels paralyzed, paralyzed waiting for a clearer decision from public health officials, from school administrations, and knowing that overall the decision will be yours to make. And there is no wrong decision for your family. As with everything we've learned since the pandemic began, nothing is certain, and we must be ready to pivot at a moment's notice. Keeping your child's mental and physical health at the forefront of any decision will guide you to the next steps, and you know, you can change your mind at any time. This is a time to put aside judgments and support each family in making the decision that is right for them. Today, we're going to be talking to all the things about school. Really want to acknowledge that we're pre-recording this five days before it goes live and anything could happen between now and then. And also before we dive in, Jen and I really want to acknowledge the privilege that underlies this conversation too. You may not have the choice to keep your child at home due to family dynamics and economic situations. You may not have the choice to homeschool, unschool, hire tutors or small group teachers. And we really want to recognize that from the outset. And that's where, for me, I started wrestling with some of this for myself. I, I'm wrestling with this for my own family. I have two kids left in public school. And I also serve on my local school board. So I've been part of trying to make decisions for my community. And that is tough. And one of the things that has helped me find some peace with this, and yeah, I do think it is possible to find some peace with this, you said earlier, there is no wrong decision for your family. And in my head, I flipped that around to, there is no right decision. And that is the, the truth. You know, so often as parents, as teachers and educators, we are looking for the right decision. What is the best thing to do? And in this case, there is no best decision. Every single option has risks to it. Mm-hmm. Every single option has benefits to it. So when you get that through your head and realize there's no right decision here, for me, that made it easier to accept that there's no wrong decision. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And so it really becomes a question for your own family. And you have to make that choice for your family. And part of it is, you know, we know there's the, all the, well, my neighbor's doing this. And my parents think I should be doing that. And you get the pushback from the relatives or your child's friend is going to school, but you have different circumstances. You might have different medical circumstances in your family. And so we are here to support you in whatever decision you make, however you come to that. And And I am going to encourage all of you to let that go let go of what your neighbor is doing, what your parents think, what your best friend thinks, let it all go. And I know that that is easier said than done, but I am coming at this, uh, as some of you know, I homeschooled for seven and a half years. And as many of you know, a lot of people have a lot of opinions about that. And the world is not shy about saying, well, aren't you destroying your kid or should you be doing this? let it go. Their voices ultimately don't matter. I know that this is not an ideal circumstance for any of us, but this is an opportunity. 
And it may be your first opportunity to really weigh out what is the best educational option for my family in this crappy situation. It'd be great if we didn't have that part, but that's the truth. Yeah. So let's look at some of those options because I know there's a lot of terms going around on Facebook. Yes. Uh, homeschool, unschool, alternative micro school, outdoor classrooms, hybrid model. Yeah, let's talk these through so we can kind of get on the same page with them. So one thing that has been driving me crazy since the beginning of this pandemic is um, I have heard the term homeschool used in so many different ways. And the word homeschool actually has a pretty specific meaning, especially to the homeschooling community. So your kid being at home and doing virtual learning from school, not really homeschool as far as the homeschoolers are concerned. And I don't mean that in a you're not in our clique kind of way, but mm -hmm. what I mean is by definition, traditional homeschooling is when families take complete responsibility for their children's education. That means that they are responsible for finding the learning opportunities and establishing curriculum and guidelines and all of that. Doesn't mean that they may not use teachers, that their kids might not use classes, but it does mean that they are not using the public school curriculum. They're not getting instruction from the public school or part of a public or even a virtual school. Virtual school is another term that we've heard. Virtual schools, most of them, there are some private ones, there are some public ones, but it is an institution that has their own curriculum, their own teachers, and they deliver instruction via the computer. So it may be um, emails, video lessons, chats, that whole kind of thing. Remote learning, which a lot of us did in the spring, schools pivoted to remote learning. So that was the local teachers who were doing the best they could to provide instruction without being face-to-face -to, -face to their students. So this is where all the Zoom stuff came in. Hybrid. Hybrid is another term that I've heard. And I think districts and schools are using these differently too, which adds to the confusion. Sure. In our district, our hybrid model is kind of gonna be a concession to the fact that we don't know what is going on with this virus and what's gonna happen with infection levels. So in my district, we are going to try face-to-face -face instruction. Our hybrid model comes in if students can't be in school, either because they have to be quarantined, because somebody in their family's quarantined, or because the situation in the state has deteriorated to the point where we have to shut down schools for a while, the hybrid part comes in because they will get some of their education delivered remotely. So it will mm -hmm. be a hybrid between the in-person and the remote instruction. Mm -hmm. And then there's unschool, which actually when my kids were little, I did a lot of research in, into unschooling. And not to think that, you know, your kids are just running feral and running wild and there's nothing looking like math or science or reading or writing. Uh, that's still happening, but that's happening in a very organic way. And kids are following their own particular interests and the learning comes in that way. There's not a formal, we're going to sit down and do, do lessons. It's much looser. If I had to pick one word and I could only pick one word to describe our experience homeschooling, it would be closest to unschool. Mm -hmm. And 
really important what you're saying. This does not mean that you don't care about school. It does not mean that kids aren't learning. It just means that you are going about it in a different way. And I prefer personally, I use the term learning from life. Um, what and about then, outdoor schools, Janet? Outdoor schools. Well, we're lucky here in Portland. We have a couple of outdoor schools and some outdoor kindergartens, and uh, they are, as you can imagine, waitlisted for enrollment right now. You might have seen some articles from the flu pandemic in the early 1900s, and the pictures, you know, the grainy black and white sepia pictures of kids in desks outside. And I know that there's a couple of Waldorf schools actually that are creating outdoor classroom spaces still with desks, but in a, in a covered heated environment, but that they can maintain their spacing and a lot of their classes will be outside, which is great if you have the property. And again, I go back to, you know, hashtag privilege because not every district, every school is going to be able to accommodate that. But um, if there are opportunities for forest schools in your location to look Nature into those. Nature schools yeah, is another so, term you might find. So kids are outside all day and their learning is taking place outside. And that's been happening for years. Lots of those are happening in Europe. So looking at that model too. So there are options and yet you know to bring it home here we've got mom and dad or mom and mom and we gotta work and we've got these kids what are we gonna do with these kids at home now i did i did propose this question in my facebook group and i loved it because actually it was the dads who had the funniest responses dad um, humor yeah dad humor ryan says his plan is to join a tequila of the week club so that's his strategy for this upcoming school year. And, and you Joe, know, I would like to advise all of our listeners that you can adapt that plan. Whatever your other school plans are, you can also join a tequila of the week club or a wine of the week club. Your choice. <laughs> Not that we're promoting, you know, drinking and teaching in the, the, at the same time. Not necessarily but... at the same time, Janet. <laughs> um, and Joseph said... Step one, research off-grid lifestyle. Step two, save lots of money. Step three, start a commune. Step four, leave this insanity behind. And he ends that with seriously, though. So I like his plan. I like his plan, too. But seriously, though, Jen. Not going to be practical for most of us. Okay, so what do we do in real practice? In real life. I know that a lot of school districts nationally have already said that they are going to start virtual and remote only. So let's let's talk about that first. Let's talk mm -hmm. about how parents might deal with that, make the best of that situation to begin with. Mm -hmm. I go back to things that we said in the spring of, you know, you self-care, how important that is, mamas, dadas, it's so easy to anticipate the stress and magnify the stress. And so take a deep breath. We're all going to get through this at varying levels. Your child will be fine, ultimately, thinking about first their mental health and then their academic life, because they're still learning. 
as we are, you know, taking stock and kind of calming our own fears, I want to remind parents that this fall should be better than in the spring. So whatever your experiences were in the spring, even if you had absolutely horrific experiences with remote school, try and park that. When that fear and that anxiety comes up, try and mentally just say, okay, that was in the spring. It's going to be different in the fall. I can hear you right now. You're like, yeah, but we don't know that. Okay, that's true. But for right now, park those anxieties because every educator that I know had to pivot on a dime in the spring. Now they have had some months to, to think about this. They worked in the spring. They found some things that worked. They found some things that didn't. Teachers have been networking like crazy all summer long. And hats off to all the teachers that have devoted so much time and effort to this over their summers. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I think that we can expect that it will go better in the fall. It still will not be perfect, but don't assume that it's going to be like it was in the spring. I think that's a really good point. Just park how it was that was in the past, stepping forward. And, and another thing that not only the, all the work the teachers have done over the summer, but in some places, teachers will be able to be in their classroom and teach from their classroom. They will have access to their materials. They didn't have access to their classrooms very, in the spring. Very, very true. That so is, that's shifted. So that's the plan for my district. When possible, teachers will be doing in-classroom instruction with children in the classroom, and we're minimizing any numbers that will be in a room at any given time, right? But those lessons will also be videoed and recorded so that if there are people who don't feel comfortable coming in, can't come in, they will have access to what's going on in the classroom via video, likely a day later because yeah. technology. Yeah. So speaking of technology, I think this is the big, the big bug for everyone is how do I, how does my first grader learn via Zoom? How do I even get my first grader on and keep him on and engaged in online learning? That's a really good question. And it's a really tough one. <sighs> Let's go back to I mean, we're all about boys here, so we got to go back to that essential place of you are going to have to set up your day in a way that he can manage it and expecting him to roll out of bed and have a snack and sit down at nine o'clock in front of a class Zoom call, just like expecting him to roll out of bed, get to school and sit in a desk isn't going to go so well, or it can go better if you plan an early morning walk, a bike ride, some exercise, get your mini trampoline out. Somehow he's got to have some physical activity before the expectation is sit in front of a screen and pay attention. Excellent advice. Excellent. And then ideally you can do that throughout the day too, in little bits and pieces. Hopefully, your son's teacher, who's been teaching first grade or second grade, also is aware that it is totally unreasonable to just have kids sit in front of Zoom. These teachers are going to try their best to make these uh, activities and lessons as interactive as possible. It's still not ideal. Still not ideal. My advice coming from me 
if your little one is really struggling with online learning and if it becomes a battle to make him sit there, quit fighting it. It's first grade. It's second grade. You can read with your child. You can count things with your child. You can learn so many things. I am always going to revert to it's not worth fighting about. Find another way. Yeah. Yeah. And I'm reminded of our friend Joshua Wayne, who we've just uh, talked with him recently on the podcast. And, and it's really about choosing your battles. And school is a major place where parents lose their connection with their kid. And now I'm talking older kids, for sure, middle school, high school. But it can start school, in the elementary area. Absolutely can start early. So realizing, you know, the connection with your son is the most important thing that is primary priority above everything else and so if as you said if you're battling about school then it's time to regroup and maybe let go a little bit the other thing i would say as somebody um, who worked from home when her kids were young and yes i homeschooled through some of that but we did use some online programs if you have work to do yourself at home and you've got little ones, it works pretty well to front load attention on the children. This episode is sponsored by By Heart. Babies need to eat. And whether you breastfeed or bottle feed, use formula, combine all of the above, you need options. We wanted to let you know about By Heart Baby Formula. Byheart has a patented protein blend that gets the closest to breast milk. It includes two of the most abundant proteins in breast milk. And Byheart actually ran a clinical trial comparing their formula to a leading infant formula and proved that babies on Byheart have softer poops, less spit up, and easier digestion. Byheart is also the only U.S.-made infant formula to use organic grass-fed whole milk. So if you need baby formula for your baby, consider Byheart. New customers can get 10% off your first order by using code ONBOYS at byheart.com. That's B-Y-H-E-A-R-T dot com slash podcast. And it is 10% off your first order. Byheart.com slash podcast. This is a limited time offer and additional terms and conditions may apply. One of the most challenging things about being a woman at midlife is realizing how little people understand about perimenopause and menopause, Janet. I just had a conversation with my sister about that this weekend. She is 10 years younger than me, so I'm 51, she's 41, and she went to ask her healthcare provider, hey, can you provide me some information? And she got information, but she was frustrated by how incomplete, it seems, how little we know and how for way too many people, the answer seems to be, yep, that's the way it is. Deal with it. Mm -hmm. Deal with it. And not only are our mamas out there having to deal with perimenopause likely at this age, but many of our moms are dealing with their sons entering or in puberty, which is kind of nature's Irony, which is, oof. Cruel joke, Janet. Cruel joke. Cruel joke. Thankfully, thankfully, 
Increasingly, there are those who are recognizing that women need and deserve competent care and treatment for perimenopause and menopausal symptoms. And we know that can still be harder to access than it should be, which is why we have partnered with Winona. Winona helps women who are dealing with menopause or perimenopause. Winona is a collection of OBGYN health professionals who believe that your symptoms are important, real, and deserve to be taken seriously. Telehealth, you can access care from your home when it is convenient for you. Visit buywinona.com today to start your free visit with free U.S. shipping and the ability to pause or cancel at any time. Your path to wellness has zero obligations. Use the code ONBOYS at buywinona.com for 25% off your first order. That's B-Y-W-I-N-O-N-A dot com slash onboys. Winona, menopause care made easy. Which basically means, you know, do that bike ride with them. And then if you have the opportunity to work from home that you set up maybe in the same room or in a nearby room, and now we're both working. And then somewhere after that time and you know that he's getting tired not paying attention anymore you know you have more work to do make time to you know do a game or make lunch together i found that giving those concentrated bursts of time were much much more effective than constantly being torn between working and paying the kid attention mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and a reminder that even five minute like five minute jumping jack breaks or, you know, run around the block break is good, not only for you, but for him too. And you can do that together. And some of the things that we've talked about in previous episodes, ways you can help adapt your son's schoolwork and learning to fit him, you can use those here. So if he's got spelling words to do, um, spelling out the words while doing jumping jacks will help him learn the words better because then he's got the movement associated with the spelling as well. You can do it with math facts. You can do reading while sitting outside. So mm-hmm. find ways to take what he's doing and do it in a way that makes sense for him. Yeah, that's active and hands-on because that yep. really is, I mean, that's the challenge with Zoom is making things be hands-on. So in the Facebook group, we had a question from Annalisa, and she is, she is the, has said she'll be the primary teacher. She's also the mom. And I think this is a question for many, many of our parents out there is how do I be the mom and the teacher so that they don't, those two identities don't clash? Be the mom. Be the mom. That is the most important role. You can still help your child learn while being the mom, but I really don't think you need to have different hats. Now I'm teacher. Now I'm mom. Um, You don't have to hold your child to the expectations that a teacher holds him to in the classroom. I don't mean that you don't ask him to do well. I don't mean that you don't ask him to try hard, but listen, those are all things that you already ask of him as a parent. Be the parent. Do not worry about being the teacher. I think you should say that again. It's so important. 
be the parent. Do not worry about being the teacher. Yeah. In most of these instances, there will be a teacher on the other line providing curriculum, sharing curriculum. If there are problems with the learning, with the curriculum, if your kid doesn't understand something, reach out to the teacher. If your kid is a little bit older, actually encourage him and talk him through how to reach out to the teacher. Mm -hmm. Reach out to the teacher and let the teacher handle those issues. You be mom. Be your son's advocate. Love him unconditionally. Support his curiosity. Support his learning. But I do not think you need to do anything beyond what you would do if your child was in school. And by that, I mean, let's say your kid does go to school for eight hours a day or six hours a day, whatever. When he brings home homework, that is not your responsibility to teach it to him. I don't even consider it your responsibility to make sure he gets it done. You can create conditions, you can answer questions, but the, the learning, the issues with the homework, that's for the teachers to handle. You have a supportive role and your most important role is to support and love your child. And that will get you through this. I promise you. So, you know, I think it's, it's none of it's perfect. Mm-mm. Like just set perfect aside. Again, I think it's about collaborating too, especially with your older boys, making a clear plan. Again, what you said, all the things we've talked about over the years, make it a visual plan, work together to create a rhythm. He's going to be missing his screen time and wondering when he can get back to his video games because that's the habit that's likely probably developed over the summer. And so in your family. It's about figuring out together. What are the essentials? What are the non-negotiables? Exercise, screen time, hygiene, family socialization, time with friends on Zoom, however that happens, of course, but recognizing the importance of that. So how, again, just like when they're in school, how are you going to fit everything in? And what is a rhythm that you can create in your day? when things are in a pattern, when things are in a schedule, and I don't mean like, you know, at 10 o'clock we're doing exactly this. It's just more about what comes next so that you're not having to make it up every day and they can have the security of knowing, oh, Mm -hmm. okay, after I sit here and do school, then I get time outside and then I get some screen time. I am not opposed to bribing at all, especially when we're talking about online school in the middle of a pandemic. I think this is a great time to talk to your son, to figure out what's important to him. What does he value? What does he want to do? And if that means that he you know, earns extra video game time or he gets to buy a game that he's always wanted or a tool that he's wanted, by all means, make that deal. Yeah, yeah. You have our permission. Janet and Jen, we're saying it now. Bribery, rewards, the carrot and the stick, whatever you want to call it. It's okay. Give yourself a break, parents. It's okay. Yep. Let's look at some of these other questions, Janet. This is a really tough one. Um, A single mom furloughed from work, And she's concerned, like so many are, if the unemployment stimulus is not renewed, she's worried about being able to make rent and she can look for another job. But if she's got another job and she's got to be gone and her kid is home learning, 
How does she support that? There's no right answer. As we said, there's no easy answer here. And I could go off on to how the government is supporting and not supporting us, and we will not politicize this conversation. It, there's no easy answer. I'm going to stick to some really concrete stuff here because so much of this is, is out of your control. It will depend a lot on how your school district is doing distance learning. So if the school district is doing something where your kid does not have to be on at a certain time, then you may be able to support distance learning by having your son engage in his learning time when you can be home. So school does not necessarily have to happen between eight and three. School can happen between five and eight or whatever time you have available. So that's one thing to keep in mind. If you have somebody that can take care of your son while you are at work, whether that is another family or a friend or a childcare center, check, maybe they have some capacity to help support his learning while he is with them and you are working. And if not, if they can't support that online learning part and you feel like he needs that help and you can't do it during whatever time that you are at home because he has to be on at a certain time, then I strongly encourage you to investigate other learning options. For instance, learning more about homeschooling. There are it sounds overwhelming. I understand that. It sounds totally overwhelming, but there are some pretty simple things that you can do in the time you can be with your son to keep his learning moving forward. And the beautiful thing is that in just about every community, there are homeschoolers that have been doing this for years who would be happy to help you out. Mm -hmm. So reach out to your community ask those around you. And if you need more specific advice, please feel free to drop us a line. Our contact information is on the website and I am happy to answer questions in more detail. Yeah, as am I and happy to support in whatever way we can. You know, I think also going back to the privilege thing that that's what I've just been spending a lot of time thinking about this summer for sure is the different different uh, family situations that everyone is dealing with. And if you happen to be maybe on the upper side of things and you're still employed, your spouse is still working and you have a little bandwidth of, of being able to volunteer or donate money, there is, you know, there are a lot of kids who depend on school for food security who depend on that breakfast and that lunch. And so if there's a place within your family and, and within your community that you're able to donate some, some resources, put something towards that direction, really thinking about the, the stretch that many families are experiencing. 31 million kids, 31 million kids were in the National School Lunch Program receiving daily free meals last year. Most and schools have done an admirable job of pivoting. Our school district has actually ended up feeding more children with kids not in school than in school. Nice. One thing that did happen, the, the federal government did allocate some funds for that. And so schools have done a great job with that. The one other piece where I encourage people, if you can, to um, consider donating or sharing resources. 
some of you have heard about learning pods, right? So where people are opting out of the school in-person learning, opting out of the virtual learning, and hiring a tutor or a couple tutors to work with their children because they're concerned about the quality of education that their kids are getting online. So let's kind of like the safety pods and the bubbles that people were creating during the pandemic where we could interact while limiting exposure. Same thing, but on an educational side. In education circles, there's been a lot of discussion about how forming these pods, yeah, that's a great option if you're wealthy and if you have means and that this may further exacerbate the, the haves and have nots and, and cause problems with learning and equity. I did see an idea proposed, which I think is a great one, that if this is something that you are considering doing, and I am not going to fault you for doing this, if this is something that you are doing with friends, consider inviting another family or two families that you know would not be able to otherwise afford this or might struggle to afford this. And if the rest of you can help subsidize that, God bless you. Yeah. Takes a village. Takes it a takes village. a village. And you can kind of adapt that a little bit, I think, in terms of trying to balance this school at home and working as well. So even if you don't have resources to hire tutors, I still think there's a lot of value between pairing up with at least one other family more if you can, working out your safety discussions so that maybe one family on one day can be responsible for supporting the kids learning and the others can go on about work in some relative peace. Mm -hmm. Doing a, a co-op situation. Yeah. 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 It's giving, you know, all of the, all of the problems, all of the gaps in our funding and equity and academics, all of the gaps, of course, this pandemic has just made more magnified and it is also an opportunity to create community in a new way, get creative and really hone in on what you value, what's important for your family, what's important for your child who is not like any other child. So really paying attention to their mental health that comes first, the academics will follow. And also, you know, we're, we so easily do that for our child, but also dear parents, take care of yourself. Your cup has to be full so that you can make clear decisions for your family. You know, we homeschooled for those seven and a half years, and it was a fantastic option for, for our children. You know, my kids are very hands-on, self-driven, like to follow their interest learners, so it was great for them. And then our divorce happened, and because the divorce happened, I needed to work significantly more to pull in enough money to support my family. And I managed for a year to balance homeschool with working significantly more and I got to the point where I realized I wasn't doing either one well. I was stressed all the time. Whenever I was working, I was worried about, I should be up there with the kids doing this. Whenever I was with the kids, I was thinking about work. And I realized something had to give because I couldn't handle it mm -hmm. anymore. And it is at that point that I made the decision to enroll the boys in school full time. So parents, as your situation changes, 
you can change your educational decisions. If there's one thing that I feel very confident about saying when it comes to this 2021 school year, it is that the situation will change. Your work situation might change. As infection rates change, your school's plan may change. Something may happen with your kiddo. You may go through plan A, B, C, D. You may get pretty far down in the alphabet, but remember that you have that flexibility and take it when you need to. And reach out and ask for support. We all are in this together. We've got to help each other. Mm-hmm. We've said the phrase, uh, give each other grace, extend grace so many times, and that is going to be crucial this fall. Give grace to yourself. Give grace to your partner if you have one, to your children, and please, 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 to all the educators and administrators who are trying their best. From being on my local school board, I, I know, like, we're trying to make decisions with the same incomplete data that you have. Mm -hmm. There is no right answer. So we have to extend each other grace and try to assume the best about other people before you assume the worst. And dear parents, if you are finding that you can't figure out an answer, that you're just struggling, that your child is struggling, this is Janet and I'm a family coach and I work with families all the time who are trying to come up with the best plan for their child. I'm also a veteran educator. So there's that piece in there too. And I am offering free breakthrough sessions. And that is a conversation with me. We get on the phone for about 40 minutes and we start to figure things out. Completely free. Join me. You can make an appointment at boysalive.as, S as in Sam, dot M as in Mary, E. Boysalive.as.me. Get on my calendar. We'll talk on the phone. You have support. You do not have to do this alone. I want to hear from you listeners. As we go into the fall, I want to hear what is working well for you. We are all going to figure out different things. Some things will work, some don't. But send us what is working well. What have you figured out works great for your son and your family? And maybe we'll pull together like a best practices for educating boys in a pandemic episode. There you go. You can reach us at onboyspodcast at gmail.com. We would love to hear from you. If you liked this episode, if you found this episode helpful, please consider sharing On Boys Podcast with your friends. They can find us wherever they listen to their favorite podcast, whether they use an Apple, an Android, they listen in their car, they listen from their computer. Please tell your friends about On Boys, and together we will make the world a better place for boys.
When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.